What is it you want? Real estate. It's the Red Hot Real Estate Show, where we can all find out how's it going for buyers and sellers in the real estate market. I have died and gone to real estate heaven. Looking to move? Hoping to sell? Call in with your questions to real estate expert Mimi Shoneman with Remax Results. I'm gonna go out and buy a house. Here she is, your host, Mimi Shoneman. Yes, she is here, our host of the Red Hot Real Estate Show from Remax Results and the Re- Red Hot Real Estate Group, Miss Mimi Shoneman. Hello. Good morning. Also with us today, our good friend from Cross Country Mortgage. Hello, Mr. Phil Olson. How's it going over there? It's going awesome. I would love for you to get your NMLS number out. NMLS two three eight one zero three. Company. On- NMLS 3029 Cross Country Mortgage. Well, I'm excited to cover what you guys want to talk about, but I also have a nosy question based upon a news article that I read, so I'm going to come to that in a second. But can we just start with kind of an update of what's going on here in the Minneapolis, Minnesota market? Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Oh, my gosh, I forgot something in the other room. What? What are you doing? Oh, well, he forgot something. What? She, oh she's Can we just do the show? All right. I mean, yeah, we, you could have. You had all this time when I was doing the show before this. We could do it. All right. I'm gonna ask you this nosy question then first because I was gonna ask. It's a mortgage related question. Yeah. Mostly yeah. is what we were gonna do first. So I was reading this. Oh. <laughs> oh. Thank you. Did you give me a pie? <laughs> Oh, that is so sweet of you, Mimi. Thank you. See, now this is why when people ask me, are we legitimately friends or do I just do this for the show? I'm like, no, Mimi is my friend. <laughs> so thank you. Okay, well, All right. wish coming here. All right, I'm going to make a good wish. Okay, you got it. One more. I like that you gave uh, enough candles for each decade, not the actual one. Here we go. One, two, three. Happy birthday, Miss Shannon. Hey. We got my friends from Clear Steph here. Like, thank you guys very much. I love you all. That is so sweet. <laughs> all thank right. you. All right, we'll cut that in the uh, the break, and we'll all do it. So <laughs> thank you very much. Our producer is good at keeping secrets, too. Thank you, Ellie, for keeping the secret. <laughs> I was good at keeping secrets because she didn't tell me until 15 <laughs> minutes before this. <laughs> Well done. Thank you very much. I appreciate it. Yeah, I did have a lovely birthday. If anybody wondered why I wasn't here last week, I was off. Uh, I I took a trip to Vegas just to do something for my birthday. So we had a good time. We We had a good time. We missed you. We missed you. you. Thank you. So I'm happy to be back. I'm happy to be a year older. Pat on the back to me. So thank you guys very much. Oh, you're actually a year younger. Ah, thank you. We can start the clock the other way now. You know what? I'm good. I'm like, (laughs) I look good for my... Yeah, girl. You do. (laughs) I'll take it. Yeah. So I'm going to go now. Now I feel less guilty by asking my nosy question. So I was reading an article this morning and it was about it was talking about how those of us who locked in a lower interest rate when we bought things like before 2021 is when things started to go up, Phil, 2021 or 2022? Actually, 2020, 2021 were the two years that we saw the lowest interest rates in mortgage history. Right. And so I wanted to talk about that because the way this article talked about it, and I know it affects both of you and your industries, is they were calling it golden handcuffs, that those really low mortgage rates we had were golden handcuffs. And it was navigating how people don't want to sell because we got in at such a low interest rate, even if the house doesn't currently work for them or what they're doing, because they're like, 
I'm not going to get a deal. So they're just sitting on the house. And so I wanted to talk to you both about, because we do talk every week about if the house doesn't work for you, the house doesn't work for you. You need to start, go ahead and put it. But how do we help people overcome that fear of, bah, I got such a good deal. Now it doesn't make any sense for me to move. You know, right. How do we do that? Okay, that's an excellent question. Mm-hmm. I'm going to let Phil talk about it since he's the rate guy. Right. I've got a great story. Yes. I've got a client that I'm refinancing here this week. Yes. I'm taking them from three and a quarter, and mm-hmm. literally they're going to 7%. Yeah, that's hard. Now, 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 mm-hmm. now, that sounds crazy, right? Mm-hmm. They did a giant remodel on their house. Mm-hmm. They accumulated a lot of credit card debt. Mm-hmm. When we took a look at the average interest rate over $100,000 that we consolidated, it was over 15% interest. Mm-hmm. The loan is saving them 1800 Okay. But right. I'm starting to see clients out there, sorry to say, that are getting themselves into trouble, mm-hmm. even though they got the low interest rate on their home loan. Right. They're getting a 10% home equity loan for fifty, seventy thousand, and then they've got another fifty thousand dollars in credit card that's over twenty percent. Right. But you're right. It is golden handcuffs. Yes. Because people are sitting on average, they say forty percent of consumers or fifty percent of consumers are sitting on an interest rate of two and a half to three and a half percent. Yes. And they're literally they're stuck in their home. Right. They're, they're basically saying, we're not moving. Right. And that's part of the problem that we're having mm-hmm. in this market right now is because of the lack of inventory. It's actually causing housing prices to continue to skyrocket right. here in the Twin Cities. What are you seeing, Mimi? I absolutely see the same thing. Um, we've got 1.3 months of inventory. Okay, so people say, well, what the heck is that? We talk about right. it every single week. So a normal market would mean that you'd have between five and six. So that would be balanced. So yes. it'd be like one buyer for every house. Mm-hmm. Right now we have a huge imbalance. And people are saying, well, interest rates are going up. And, you know, we're able to negotiate maybe a little bit more with the seller. So that should be an indicator that, you know, it's a buyer's market now. Well, that's not entirely true. Right. It's mm-hmm. never going to be a full buyer's market when until the inventory we is so have low. So, such low inventory. Well, they're predicting the Home Builders Association has basically said that they are not going to have equilibrium until seven years from now. Okay. What does that mean? Equilibrium. As many buyers as there are houses that are built to sold. Okay. So until we reach equilibrium, we're going to still continue to see housing prices go up. And what I'm seeing right now, they predicted this year was going to be 5%. Yes. I'm seeing we're back to 10% appreciation Mm -hmm. on offers out there with the market right now. I think that really depends on what price point you're in. Yes. Mm -hmm. Okay. So if you're in a higher price point, then maybe the the appreciation is going to be more flat, but if you're still under four hundred thousand, it is still competitive as I'll get out. Okay, Phil, I I totally agree. I mean, of the last I'd say fifteen pre approval letters that I've issued here in just the last thirty days, I've only had four clients get houses. Really? Well, four out of fifteen. Okay, and that's that means an eighty-five to ninety percent of all my clients are in a multiple offer situation. Mm-hmm. Right okay, now. so folks, that sounds really dire, does it not? Okay, so but we're optimists here in right. this room. So mm-hmm. what I'm going to tell you is that if you have been pre-approved and you feel fairly defeated right now, 
Keep in mind, you're never going to hit your home run unless you get up to bat. And keep oh, trying. Oh, my yes. gosh. Did mm-hmm. I just do a, a sport? Sports. I yes. love it. Right? And that it just was, happened. It was completely real. And, and it was what? the right sport and the right metaphor. Yes, well ma'am. done. Thank yes. you. Mm-hmm. For those that are, are asset challenged. Yes. There are a lot of ways of helping a client that is asset challenged when they're trying to go from, say, 350 to 380 and they're going, well... I don't have the money to cover that difference. Yes. Well, there's ways to structure a loan. There's down payment assistance. There's buy downs, permanent buy downs that can be done. So there are ways that I can help those people. So maybe give me a call if you just want a second opinion. A right. second opinion is always a great idea. Exactly. Um, and it doesn't hurt you. No. But, you know, I, I was doing some research because sometimes I can be nerdy. Yeah. Um and I was looking back over the last 30 days in several different areas of the city just to see, okay, so what are our, our sellers doing after it's closed? Mm-hmm. You know, did they take a price decrease? Did they uh, do seller concessions? And I was actually surprised at the number of homes that actually did pay seller paid closing costs. Okay. I was very surprised at that. Because that wasn't happening Last Almost year was all. non-existent. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No, but I mean, I saw all across the board. I saw where people were raising their price to go up and over to cover the seller paid closing costs. I was seeing where the seller, instead of possibly taking a price you know, decrease, paid a little bit of seller paid closing costs. So that was encouraging. I think that Phil is seeing also a lot of people that are getting down payment assistance that is so great, y'all. Because for a while, call, they weren't looking for some of those things. And the fact that, Phil, you've had some other stories where people were able to layer some programs to get themselves into the home that they needed because they were a little short. Yeah, yeah I was talking to a client here just Friday where we were talking about using the Woodbury program and the Minnesota housing program on top of each other, mm-hmm. which would have given them 46000 the downside, though, is if I use the Minnesota housing program, it does require that the consumer have less than $8,000 in total assets available to them. So what we decided to do is just use the Woodbury program and get them $30,000 because the client wanted to keep $15,000 in their in bank. Account. Well, when you get into a house, you should have a little bit of money in exactly. the bank. Exactly. Yeah. You know? Yeah, because you really can't predict when that water heater is going to go Absolutely. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, when we come back, we're going to keep talking about what's going on in the market. We are also going to be covering terms on the closing settlement statement that you may need to know before you buy your house. You can also be part of the show. You can call us at 651-641-1071. We'll be right back on the Red Hot. Welcome back to the Red Hot Real Estate Show here on My Talk 1071. I'm Miss Shannon here with our host of the Red Hot Real Estate Show from Remax Results, Miss Mimi Shoneman. Also, our mortgage expert from Cross Country Mortgage, Mr. Phil Olson. So we're encouraging you to be part of the show. You can call us at 651-641-1071. And my good friends in the room have been so kind as to say any of our callers that come in today, what are we going to do for them, Mimi? We're going to pay $10, and Phil's going to match it, mm-hmm. to the Autism System. Society of Minnesota. Thank you so on much. On behalf of Ms. Shannon, our favorite here. Thank you very much. They are a wonderful organization and one of my favorite places to donate. So na- thank you very much. My time and my resources go to awesome very often. So if you call us at 651-641-1071, you can be part of the show and also help us get those donations up for the Autism Society of Minnesota. So we're going to go straight to the phones right now. Thank you very much for calling us, Thomas. Thomas, what is your question for Mimi and Phil? Well, I'm... Um 
thinking about refinancing, and I'm a veteran. And uh, I'd like to know what the um, current charge for a refi on a veteran's loan. Oh, great question. Just so you know, I'm a veteran myself, eight years U.S. Army, and I waive all our company fees for my veterans. Ah, so that would be a $1,490 discount, and then there'd be also a partial discount on your appraisal. So you're going to have closing costs. You can't get away from closing costs. You're still going to have title. You got the state of Minnesota. You've got credit, uh, the credit bureaus. So, I mean, it really depends on what the size of the loan I'm doing for you, sir. So, Thomas, yes. what is your rate that you have right now that you want to refinance out of? Can I hang up and listen? Oh, just tell us what's your current rate, and then, yes, you can hang up and listen. Pardon? Yes, sir. You could go. Just tell us what's your current rate, and then you can hang up and listen. Oh, my current rate is about um, just under four four percent. Okay, perfect. So, and and what amount do you need to add as well, Phil? What amount he might be trying to refinance? uh, Refinancing probably um, about three hundred thousand. Okay. Okay. All right. Well, leave your information with with our producer with my mortgage and um, uh, debt. Okay. okay. So Ellie, our producer, our Ellie will get your uh, information, and you could go ahead and hang up and listen after you talk to Ellie. Okay, Thomas. Thank you. Thanks. Hold on. Thanks yeah. for calling, Thomas. Yeah. So okay, three hundred thousand and credit probably card. some debt. Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay, Phil. You're probably looking at you know after I take uh, reducing their closing costs, probably sixty five hundred bucks would okay. be the closing costs on that. I mean, you're going to get the lowest closing costs on a VA loan because all lenders and everybody's limited as to what they can charge a veteran. Now, the the other question I'd want to know, which I hope to be able to talk with this gentleman, is if he's a, a veteran that's reusing his VA benefits, is he a disabled veteran? Okay. Because if they have a partial disability all the way down, to even as small as 5%, yes. the VA funding fee would be waived. Okay. So on a VA loan, you have what's called a VA funding fee, and it depends on were you full-time service, were you National Guard, were you Coast Guard. It, it depends were you full-time, were you part-time. Um, I would be able to, I'd have to find that out when I talk to him. Okay. Perfect. Well, that was a great question. Yes. And that got $20 for your charity, Thank you, Shannon, to the Autism Society of Minnesota. So we want to remind everybody, if you've been just ruminating on a question, today is a great day for you to get it out of your brain and into the room. You can call us at 651-641-1071. Okay, so we're going to kind of start talking a little bit about what the heck are closing costs, what are some of them, what do they mean, why do I have to pay them, Right. all those kinds of things. Uh, so, Phil, I think what would be good for us to start to talk about is some of the escrows and prepaids. Let's define what escrow is and what is a prepaid. Okay. Your escrows are your taxes and insurance. Now, you can choose not to escrow. Okay. But if you choose not to escrow, you must have at least a 20% equity position in your home on your loan. So in other words, you're going to do a purchase, you need to put 20% down or greater. So basically, once you escrow that money, then they will pay those things. So what is an escrow account? Mm -hmm. Think of the following. It's a separate savings account that every month your taxes and insurance are 
included in your payment. They are stripped out. Mm -hmm. They are then put into the savings account. And when taxes are due in Minnesota, April and September, they're paid out. Mm -hmm. And then your homeowner's insurance is paid out based on your anniversary date. Right. So if you close in March of this year, March of next year, the servicer is going to pay out the homeowner's insurance premium. Can I just tell you that um, you talked me through all of that, Phil, and I forgot about it, and I knew that I had an escrow account. And so the first year, I'm all like, oh, my gosh, I got to pay my insurance and my taxes. And I was like, oh, wait. Like, I was panicking that I hadn't paid it, and I was so used to, like, oh, my gosh, like, if I was going to do that on my own before I bought my house when I was just renting, I had to send out all these payments or even, like, my insurance character, which you suggested my uh, my home homeowner's insurance and my insurance broker Mm -hmm. um, pays all of that stuff and then make sure that I get charged for my my even like my car insurance goes through them now so I was really like oh no did my thing get canceled because I didn't pay them and I was like oh no they just do it you know that's so funny that you just brought that up because I was going to Mm -hmm. every year you get a statement from your county and it causes the most panic ever right from people who say oh no this is a bill but it's not necessarily a bill it could be a bill but it's important for you to pay attention to that too so Phil there are some statements that will actually tell you that you're escrowed. Yes. But it's it's in, in the fine print and people don't see it. Right. What I would tell you over the last, I'm just going to use the last four years, if I've if I've not escrowed clients, it's maybe been 1% or 2% of the time. Otherwise, most people are escrowing. Okay, so that brings up another subject. To escrow or not to escrow, mm-hmm. that is the question. Um, so Phil, I think you and I both are in agreement and probably you too, Miss Shannon, you know, it's nice to be able to control your money up until the, you know, penny and all that kind of stuff and right. get the most interest of all possible. But there is even more peace of mind knowing that you've got it handled and that it's in an account, it's being taken out. And when the bill becomes due, you, they pay it for you. Exactly. You never miss it. But right. let's just say, let's talk about the people who are risk takers and they want to control that. Okay. It is so easy to forget a payment. And then the next thing you know, you're getting a, a an invoice. A notice. With penalties. Mm-hmm. And, they and those actually, taxes, those penalties for your, your property taxes can be severe. Oh, you know, they that, can be severe. You don't want to be in trouble And I've actually that. seen people's homes go into foreclosure. Mm-hmm. People don't realize that it's not just the mortgage company. The county can start a foreclosure proceeding against you or... Guess what? Don't pay your homeowner's insurance. Right. And guess what? End up having something bad happen to your house and be uninsured or non-insured. Yeah, and they're not playing at the government. They want their money. Yeah. Uh, But also, your homeowner association, they don't play either. Right. Um, It doesn't take long. And folks, 60 days and you're getting the notice. Mm -hmm. And everybody else in the universe is getting your notice, too. And you're going to be bombarded with people who want to buy your house for pennies on the dollar. Because they're presuming that you're in distress. They think that you're in distress. It's easier to escrow, Phil. I, I totally agree. I mean, I, I'm a finance guy. I, yes. I love my numbers. But guess what? If you're going to have $4,000 in escrow, how much money is your checking account paying you on $4,000 mm-hmm. these days? Mm-hmm. It's it's pennies. Mm-hmm. You're better off escrowing, having the peace of mind. You're able to go on vacation. Go on vacation for two months, wherever. Mm-hmm. You don't have to worry about your 
taxes or your insurance being paid because it will be taken care of by the servicer. And if the servicer makes a mistake, guess what? There's laws that cover you in that specific process. Right. And you don't have to really worry about them taking too much or too little. Like I have had them adjust my escrow and go, okay, we need to increase it. Or when we change from one insurance company to another, they cashed it out and then had me send it back. So there are safeguards to make sure that you, that it doesn't, they're still being a good steward of that money. So, well, I want to remind everybody, call with your questions, mortgage or real estate, and we're going to make some donations for Shannon's favorite charity. Right. And that number is 651-641-1071. Be right back on the Red Hot Real Estate Show. Welcome back to the Red Hot Real Estate Show here on My Talk 1071. Also available as a podcast. You can get this episode and previous episodes by going to our website, mytalk1071.com. Use that keyword Red Hot here with my friend Mimi Shoneman from the Red Hot Real Estate Group and Remax Results. Also from Cross Country Mortgage, Mr. Phil Olson, reminding you if you call in today, they're going to help me out by donating and matching your call to our favorite, my favorite charity, Autism Society Minnesota. That number is 651 641 Okay, so I'm just going to list a few of the uh, closing costs that are, and then we can kind of break them down as we go through. So one of the things that will be collected is the homeowner's insurance, your property taxes, prorated, uh, city property taxes, flood insurance, homeowner's insurance premium, and property taxes that are due, and any flood insurance that are due, and prepaid interest and aggregate adjustment. So let's start start with the homeowner insurance piece. How much do you need to collect and what do you tell the consumer? It really depends on where the property is located and it depends on also the price of the home. I'm seeing homeowner's insurance right now for a single family home. It's going anywhere between $1,500 and $3,000 a month. Mm-hmm. So that's going to be collected. You mean a year? A year. Okay. Yeah, but you it will be collected. <laughs> yeah, excuse me. <laughs> yeah. A year, but it will be collected upfront at time of closing. And how much of that, how many months will be collected upfront at time of closing? Well, you're going to collect 12 months, mm-hmm. one year ahead, plus you're going to collect two months in reserves. The reserves are there for taxes and insurance in case insurance or taxes go up during the course of the year. So they keep that reserve in there so that way they don't have what's called an escrow shortfall. Mm -hmm. Which can happen and then they'll send you a note that says you need to put more, send us a check for... Whatever this is to pay this up front. Correct. And then you're calling everybody going, what the heck? Yeah, <laughs> right. my payment went up. It went yeah. up. It shouldn't yeah. be. You said it was fixed. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's what happens. Mm-hmm. Um, the mortgage rate fixed, not the other incidentals. Correct. Okay. Let's talk about property taxes and escrows. Property taxes. I mean, that's, if I were to take a look at the Twin Cities here, I'm seeing anywhere as taxes from $2,500 a month on a single family all the way up to Guess what? I've seen it $12,000, $13,000, but that's over by Lake Calhoun, you know, over maybe on Lake Minnetonka. Now, we said a month again. Do we mean a month or a year? A year. Okay, thank okay. you. Okay, just yeah. want to make sure. Because yeah, I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm no. getting a deal, yeah. is what I was saying. No. I was like, no. oh, I'm going to stay where I am Now, for I'm those moved, that are I'm trying to buy a cheaper home, if mm-hmm. you go to western Wisconsin or you get above, say, Forest Lake or you get below Lakeville, in your smaller towns, rural Minnesota, you're going to see that your taxes are quite a bit different. Right. But we have to collect, all right, dependent on the month for escrows. 
For example, if we have, if we're going to close in March, then we're going to collect six months for taxes, mm-hmm. and then we're going to put three months in reserves okay. for a total of nine months. Okay. Um, you mentioned Wisconsin, which we are licensed also in Western Wisconsin. Um, explain a little bit about the differences in the escrows and prepaids for Wisconsin clients. Very, very good. Uh, most counties in Wisconsin are going to collect their taxes totally in full in January. All right. So if you're going to close in December and we're, we're closing in January, we're going to collect 12 months. So we have to collect a full year's worth of taxes. Now, there are some counties that will allow you to split it. All right. And then we have to get confirmation of that. But normally it's a 12 and a 12 versus Minnesota. It's a six and a six and a 12. Yeah. Okay. I know some of the sellers that we've worked with have been surprised about how uh, taxes are done with arrears or, you know, in, so that is different in Wisconsin than it is in Minnesota. There are different laws in Wisconsin for real estate than there are in Minnesota. Yes. Okay. okay. Let's continue talking about city property taxes in addition to the regular property taxes. No, your city property taxes, though, are going to be included in your county tax statement. Okay. All right. So it's not a separate it's not a separate tax that you're going to pay. Mm-hmm. But if there's some type of um levy okay. or some type of tax increase you would look on the county website and you would see that the city is also assessing it's called an assessment mm-hmm. uh it could be a street assessment right so there may be a levy that they pass or they're doing because there's some sort of improvement that's going on yeah. in your community what's okay. a levy right okay. school district correct okay in the purchase agreement folks there is a section that talks about levied pending deferred taxes um, an area where you check whether the seller will take care of that or whether the buyer takes care of that or whether that's prorated between the two. I always tell everybody, you know, you can if the seller says they're going to take care of it and they haven't received any notices as of the date of the purchase agreement, it's still up to you to do your due diligence and call the city and county to, to see, see if, if anything coming. has happened. Yep. Because, you know, it just takes it takes a day for something new to be assessed. And so you don't want to be blindsided by any of that. Well, yeah, I mean, especially buyers that are looking in in specific areas, um, I get calls sometimes where we are hearing that there's going to be uh, a new school put in and there's going to be a levy here coming. And next thing you know, your taxes could easily go up in the following year. You buy your house today to find out your taxes go up significantly because maybe they're going to tear up your road, put in brand new sewer pipes, Mm -hmm. bring in brand new water, or they're bringing water where you had a well before, or guess what? They've determined that the pipes in the city need to be all replaced. Well, guess what? You are going to pay that prorated by all the people. And then there's there's a time element to it. Mm -hmm. Sometimes these things have to be paid in one year, and then sometimes I've seen it where they... They push it out for a total of five, five years. You mean assessments? Yeah. I've seen them go out 20, 25 years. Okay. It depends on the assessment and depends on the city. But um, I wanted to ask you, how is it handled? Let's say, Phil, that you you have a buyer, you've you've got them ready, and they're let's just say it's two weeks before closing, and then the seller all of a sudden gets noticed that they have an assessment coming. Talk about what you've seen with your buyer clients when that happens, because that has changed the whole numbers for, for your new buyer, what does that mm. do financing-wise? 
when those types of things, I would call those, that's called a one-off. Yes. Okay. All right. And in those situations, sometimes it's as simple as the buyer and the seller renegotiating terms. All right. Then again, I, in really, really bad cases, I've seen deals completely fall apart. apart based on the fact that maybe that assessment uh, throws their debt to income ratios over the limitations and then their loan no longer approves. But like I said, that's a one-off. It's very, very unusual. Yeah. Well, we do know that that animal exists out there in the world. Yeah. Rare as it is, um, that does happen. Let's talk about flood insurance. I want to let everybody know we have a service that we can check to see if a property is in a floodplain. Um, it's, it's something that we can do for you if you're concerned. Um, also something that, that your realtor can do for you if you're working with someone else. Phil, talk a little bit about flood insurance and how that affects the mortgage financing. All right. So flood insurance is, you're not going to get your flood insurance through your standard insurance agent. You're going to end up getting that through FEMA. Now I'll give you the good news. The good news is been doing this 22 years. I think I've maybe only had five or six properties that I've had to deal with with a flood. One of those, I'll give you an example of one. One was a lake that had broken its shoreline, meaning due to the lake flooding, it actually caused the house to be put in a FEMA flood zone. Understand you've got a flood zone. um, They've got different maps, but we normally go by the 100-year-old map. Okay. All right? So if it had ever flooded within that zone over the last 100 years, that's the plane that they would put. Correct. You know? Okay. Correct. Well, it, it, if, it depends on FEMA. If okay. you're buying a house, let's just all use some common sense. If, you, yeah. if water is in the area, <laughs> yeah. can it flood? Yes. Yeah. Especially if it's a river or a stream. Mm-hmm. I'm going to give you a different one, though, where I've seen more flood in Minnesota. And it's not rivers and lakes. It's the bogs. Ah. These grass uh, places where they produce grass. Mm-hmm. Those are all sitting on bogs. Lino Lakes area, up in that area, you've got a lot of area that's moss, and it they flood, and, and guess what? Some of those areas are actually designated into flood well, zones. Because okay. we expect like a still water or something like that to have this. Well, the river. Stories. Yeah. Yeah. St. Paul. Right. Yeah. You know, any, we're river area, river right. and lakes. Mm-hmm. Right. Okay, so let's just talk about that. Um, so are you saying that... They're building on the bogs or they're building around the bogs? Well, they're building around the bogs. And if the bogs flood, it could actually flood your house. But there's actually people that will build their house in that specific area. All right. And so how do we go about figuring that out ahead of time? I mean, is that going to be listed on the 100-year flood map? Okay, It would. It would. It would. But here's the thing. There are people that literally have a house. They built a house. They mm-hmm. paid for the house. They paid cash. They had no mortgage. It's the mortgage company that wants to make sure that that house carries flood insurance. And I've ran into people that have owned a home that was in a flood zone and never carried flood insurance. They didn't know they were in a flood zone. They disclosed to the buyer that they're not in a flood zone. And then we find out when we do the flood certificate, because that's what we do, Okay. all right? There's a $12 charge mm-hmm. for us to pull in the flood map. And then I'm calling the buyer going, folks, you're in a flood zone. Okay. And they go, what? What do you mean? <laughs> right. We're in a flood zone. 
Yeah, that's okay. not the call you want. But no. Okay, so it happens. Yeah, um, it's a one-off. Yes, it's a one-off. All right, so that kind of thing, yeah. Just ask your real estate agent to pull a flood zone yes. report if you feel like you might be in jeopardy of being around there. I mean, I would have never thought about the bogs, I'll be honest with you. I've mm-hmm. never run across that yet. Uh, but, you know, if you get on Google Maps and you do your search looking down around the house and around the neighborhood, you should be able to see water. Yeah. Wherever water is. If there's water within striking yeah. distance of your be home, be careful you might as well of look. creeks. Creeks mm-hmm. flood. They're the worst. Yeah. They're the worst. They flood flood more often than than big rivers or lakes. And they right. flash flood. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So anyway, when we come back, we're going to jump from purchase closing costs to refinance closing costs. You can also be part of the show. Call us at 651-641-1071. We'll be right back on the Red Hot. Welcome back to the Red Hot Real Estate Show here on My Talk 1071. Also available at MyTalk1071.com. If you use that keyword Red Hot, you can get this podcast. So Mimi, our friend from the Red Hot Real Estate Group and Remax Results, and also our friend Phil Olson from Cross Country Mortgage, have been decoding what goes on with those closing costs and those other things that, you know, people sometimes penny wise pound foolish just trying to save yourself a little money making your life more complicated in the long run okay so one of the things in the refinance closing cost statement or the loan summary are the owner's policy versus the lender's policy so um phil and i have a really strong opinion about the owner's policy okay to me if you're if you're not going to take one just don't buy the house because you cannot prepare yourself for what lurks in the past that could come up and claim your house. Now, there's a difference on the settlement statement or on the loan summary between refinance and purchase. Phil, cover that for us. Well, the difference, your your main difference is, is normally your closing costs on a refinance are going to be less. All right. Uh, you're not going to end up having to pay an owner's policy. Now, what is an owner's policy of title? An owner's policy of title is a an insurance policy given to you by the by the title company that basically says that there if we miss something we missed any judgments against your home liens uh encroachments bad stuff folks you're covered with that owner's policy now for those that decide to penny pinch and not do that you can do that but guess what you you could open yourself up to a Big, big litigation right. against your property and lose a lot of money. Yeah. If somebody in the past, let's just say, for instance, hypothetically, you said, I don't need an owner's policy. Well, that scares me a whole lot for you. Um, but Uncle Joe, 10 times removed <laughs> in the past, he's got a deed in his his uh, vault. And he comes out and goes, oh, oh, I own that house. And then you've got to fight, Uncle Joe for ever how long it takes and maybe you'll win and maybe you won't right but if you had owner's title insurance they fight that for you absolutely a must in my opinion how about having a silent second mortgage or a second mortgage that's out there that never got recorded against the home for fifty thousand dollars you don't have that owner's policy that owner's policy would cover you and what ends up happening is the E and O insurance of the title company comes into play. Okay. And they would then cover and they would pay that fifty thousand dollars second lien. Okay. Okay. 
So that's that's the owner versus uh, lender. Lender covers the lender. Right. And and that's required on it is a purchase transaction and that is required on a uh, refinance transaction. You're not getting that waived. Okay. All right. Some of the other things that we're looking on here, we're looking at an appraisal fee and that can vary for, you know, how much? About five fifty. What's it run these uh, days? Guess what? It could go from five fifty to all the way up to two thousand dollars, and you might go two thousand dollars. What's a three million dollar home? And it's got fifteen thousand square feet. And right. but your standard appraisal cost, folks, is about five seventy five to six fifty. But if we decide to go into rural Minnesota, that could be seven hundred to nine hundred because. The appraiser might have to drive, right. you know, 50 miles to one house, 50 miles to another house, 50 miles to another house because they're up in the Brainerd Lakes area or wherever. So you, you've got gasoline charges that are are put into that. Okay. Let's talk about encroachments. Uh, you've got a fee on this statement. Uh, what is that for and what does it cover? Okay. An encroachment search all right. Most title companies, sometimes they'll put all their fees in what's called the exam fee, but sometimes some title companies will break it out. Your standard encroachment search is probably mm-hmm. 75 to 100 bucks. But sometimes when you look at a settlement statement, you'll see eight or nine different items for title. Whereas you look at another settlement statement, there's only four things on title for the title company, but they're still covering the encroachment. Yeah. So folks, you know, for instance, we've seen it come up at the last minute where, oh no, the shed is partially over on your neighbor's yard. So how do you solve that? Well, you can move the shed or you can take the shed down. Mm -hmm. I don't know. Can you get a written agreement between neighbors and would that solve it, Phil? Sure. You can get a written agreement between the neighbors that it's okay that the shed is three feet on the other person's uh, land. But I had a situation about a year ago where we had a cement apron that was two feet on the client's yard and the client would, the neighbor would not work with us. Guess what my client did? He took out a cement saw. Mm. He cut off two feet of his cement apron at the end of the street. We closed the loan. Believe me, the neighbors didn't get along. No, All right. It was one it of those situations. Like, but, yeah. but how crazy is so that? So bringing flowers to your neighbor is not going to work this time. Because uh, what if the neighbor sells, though? And like you had one, does, you know, now the new people might go, no, you still need to move your shed. That's I mean, that's no different than what's called a shared driveway agreement. And oh, my gosh, those can get very, very complicated or what's called a shared well agreement. Shared wall. There's all kinds of shared agreements. If you you share anything with your neighbor, you really need to have those things. Y'all, it really helps. Yes. Um, I've had it where a a whole garage was partially over on somebody's yard and we ended up getting a a, a waiver on Mm -hmm. title. Um, and that took working with our attorney to, to make that happen. So, you know, these are kind of the kind of things, the one-offs that happen. It's mm-hmm. not often that, that it does happen, but it, but be aware that if something is shared or it looks like it is shared, that it needs to be addressed. Mm-hmm. All these one-offs that we're talking about will normally increase your closing costs because there's research that has to be done, such as like a structural engineering report, which we haven't even talked about that. You got a bowed, you got a bowed basement foundation wall in your basement, or you've got a rock foundation Let's in your basement. Let's talk about that bowed because I have actually showed a home um, in the last year or so 
that it was like so shocking the bow in mm. this wall it was it actually had braces holding it up mm-hmm. i mean so at what point in the transaction you know so let's just say that the buyer says yep the the bowed wall one is the one i want yeah yep. we're gonna do this at what point does that need to be brought up if it's not necessary do you see it in the disclosure statement and so therefore the the your underwriter sees it or kind of how do you normally don't see it in the disclosure statement by by the seller where we see it is where the appraiser goes in and they're looking at this wall and they're going you want to know something this is out of my scope i'm not ready to put put my signature to this appraisal that this foundation is in good working order and once the appraiser calls it Mm -hmm. now it's going to get expensive, folks. Okay. Because your engineering reports, one, they don't, they're not fast. Mm-hmm. Number two, you got to have a licensed architectural engineer go into the home. And then they have to state in writing that there's no liability to the lender by us putting a mortgage against that property, or the consumer is not going to be in a hazardous situation that the house is going to fall in. Okay, so just quickly, how does one go about solving it? Let's just say that the the appraiser, I mean, you've got a visual already. You already noticed it. The appraiser is going to see it. Mm -hmm. So the appraiser comes back with a negative report, and the buyer, let's say the buyer still wants to buy the bowed basement house. Uh, How do you solve it? I'm going to tell you right now, I had one, it's been quite a few years, where they literally jacked the house up, because you have to jack the house up, off the foundation. Mm-hmm. Then you have to get in a caterpillar or a digger. You dig out the back wall. You take out the whole back wall. You put in a brand new wall. So they had to fix it, though, before the deal could go through, is what you're saying? Sometimes yes, okay. and sometimes no. Okay. So let's just say, Ms. Shannon, that you wanted to, to you went to the, the seller and you said, this is what I want you to do. Mm-hmm. You're going to have that appraisal escape. Hopefully you've got that into your purchase agreement where you can get out based on financing. Okay. Correct. Um, so, you know, fix it or we're done. Okay. And so it's a negotiation period. Okay. Folks, anytime you have any minor foundation issue, don't let it fester. Fair enough. Do not let it fester because those things can become extremely, extremely expensive. Right. Okay. So there's lots and lots of other uh, line items that are on the mortgage loan summary, but hopefully this has helped to kind of highlight some of the things that you can expect to see, why you've got closing cost fees, uh, fill... Right now, about three and a half percent of the sales price is a good guesstimate. I'd say three and a half to four percent would be a good guesstimate on a purchase. Three and a half would probably be a better guesstimate on a refinance. Folks, Mimi's an expert. I'm an expert. Call us if you've got questions. This is what we do. We right. do this every day. We know this stuff inside and out. Yes. And if you have any questions about real estate or mortgage, feel free to text us at 651-578-2218. Or you can email me, Mimi at MNRedHotRealEstate.com. And as always, you can message the show here at my talk with our keyword, which is Red Hot. Right. You can also get a hold of me at 651-238-6748. Any time of the day. And again, that number, if you want to call us, I'm sorry, that e- that if you want to email us, you can go to mytalk1071.com, keyword red hot.